Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. to Grape Top Church. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Helen and Lauren and Homer asked me to speak today and um, just want to share a little bit about what the Lord has put on my heart recently. Uh, If you could be praying for them that would be amazing because they just welcomed in their third baby this week and so now their household has three children under the age of three and I know that that will be a handful so I'm sure that they'll appreciate your prayers. And I wanted to give a little bit of background information about where I'm coming from um, and who I am. So I gave my life fully to Christ in April of 2017, and then a month later I graduated from A&M University. And I am currently a part of a church plant that reaches out to UTSA students on campus, and it's been amazing to go through this journey that God's led me through from A&M to UTSA. And I just wanted to say that it's such an honor to be here with you and that I love the way that Homer and Lauren lead this church and just the love that they have for the family here, as well as their transparency in the room. I think it's very beautiful to see. And so I'm excited to be able to share with you guys um, a little bit of what God's put on my heart. And today I'd like to talk with you about what scripture has to say about disappointment. And so I could have thought, okay, it's 2021. How about we do a hype message to get everyone pumped for this new year? But really, I felt like the Lord was leading me to a sobering mindset as I was preparing this message. And so I felt like he was wanting me to share about disappointment and also the pain that we face on this side of heaven and how to deal with that. In Psalm 30, verse 11 through 12, the Bible says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosened my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And so I think it's so beautiful that scripture just gives us so many examples all throughout this beautiful story that we get to see people in certain situations that are very dire or people who experience extreme loss or hardship or heartbreak. And they're able to basically take their eyes and their gaze from the things that they see around them and focus them back onto Christ. And it's a beautiful reminder as we go into this year and we don't know what it holds, Um, what turmoil we may face, either internally or externally, and that it's such a beautiful reminder to just continue to stay focused on Jesus. And I wanted to share about three different categories that we often face disappointment in. So there's disappointment with God, there's disappointment with others, and then disappointment with self. And when we talk about disappointment with God, I think it's really important to consider how valuable it is to see God's true character for who he really is, not to see God through a lens of, oh, I've been hurt by this and this. And it's important that we build on that type of solid foundation um, because how we view God really impacts how we view ourselves and how we view others. And in turn, a lot of other things in our life flow from that. And so when we face disappointment with God, we can start to hold on to this idea like, okay, this this pain that I've just faced can then lead to a lack of trust in God or it can lead to us fearing getting closer to Him. Maybe certain things are taken from our lives as we grew more in our relationship with Christ. Or we can have a fear of 
or we may have to give up in our lives to follow Christ. And so we might have to think about what the cost of becoming one of his disciples really is. And this can look like different opportunities or maybe people taken from our lives too early. Or it can look like doors closed in front of us that we thought that the Lord was miraculously opening beforehand. Uh, maybe we're wondering why he led us into specific situations or allowed us to experience a certain type of pain or suffering in our lives. Um, these certain categories of um, experiences can really shake us and make, me question, make us question if we were ever hearing God's direction for our lives correctly or clearly. So for me, one of those most impactful um, times in my life was when I thought that at the age of 12, I was um, believing that the Lord was kind of putting this desire in my heart to care for those in different nations all across the world, um, to be able to aid those in developing nations, um, those that were lacking access to water or even just um, the necessities of life like food, and those who had experienced extreme hardship or trauma in their lives. And in January of 2017, so that um, first month of my last semester in college, I accepted a position with the Peace Corps to serve in a two-year term in Panama. And so I had basically been mentally preparing for months with the expectation to live in a jungle in Panama to be able to help people with access to clean water and um, I may have been the only American or only believer to be assigned to that village. And I um, had met some people in February, so one month after I accepted that position, who were some of the most authentic and humble believers that I had ever met. And it was really beautiful to end up doing life with them and to walk with them consistently. So I ended up joining their home group. And uh, as time goes on, I realized that I'm spending about four out of my seven days of the week with this group of friends. And uh, two months later, after that, I'm fully surrendered to Christ. And then I graduate college, and then 10 days before I'm supposed to plan to move to another country, I get a call that the paperwork that I'd submitted months ahead of time had still been in processing, and that unfortunately I couldn't deploy with our cohort. So as I got that call, it was like my heart sank to my chest because I had used that dream of being able to make a difference or being able to have an impact in the world um, for God's glory to motivate me as a daily motivator to continue through college and to press on through different studies and that there would be this light at the end of the tunnel. And basically at the end of a one minute phone call, it was like that had vanished from me. And it really made me wonder what my calling was. It made me wonder what I was meant to do with my life. And um, I didn't know if I should join the industry or if I should work for a church or even just move to another country. And I didn't know out of all those different options, how do I start searching for what to do next? But I did know that the Lord would lead me through it. And so the struggle that I faced was I had turned down other job offers to go where I thought the Lord was leading me. And none of that went to plan, and so I'm left to kind of pick up these pieces. Um, but I know that I wasn't alone during that. And so I struggled hard with that because I was believing that I was doing something for God's glory and something that would be good, so I didn't really understand why that would be taken from me. But what I learned through that is um, to consider sometimes, are we looking at our situations in such a light that we put so much of an emphasis on either our situation or our blessings 
and we kind of forget to focus more on God. Um, and so that, that really challenged me that summer to really think hard on that. Um, I wanted to share an example of someone who faced disappointment in their walk with God, and that would be Abraham and Sarah. And so they tried for several years to get pregnant, following what they believed to be a promise that God had given them. And so I'll share with you from Hebrews 11, 8 through 12. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By the faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in the foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. And so I think that's a beautiful example of people who lived a surrendered life to Christ. Um, and eventually they really put their trust in God. And at some points they were tempted to put their trust in what they could do or how they could make their promise come true by other means. But eventually they did get to see what God really intended for their lives. And even in that, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And he was willing to sacrifice Isaac. And I'm sure that the night before that he had a really grieved heart because this was the son that he prayed for, the son that they finally got. And then God asked him, would you be willing to sacrifice his blessing? And he says, yes. And so it was beautiful that the Lord ended up delivering him from that and that he spared his son, Isaac. But you could see that Abraham's heart was really just inclined towards God. And there's a lot that we can take away from that. So the next area that I wanted to share about was disappointment with others and how that can be really harmful and hurtful to ourselves. But at the same time, just knowing that God is a God who's a healer and that even if we're hurt by others, that we can still grow and heal from that pain, even if it's super deep, um, that there's still hope for us. And so sometimes we're hurt by others around us or maybe by a church or it's by a boss that doesn't see your potential or it's even by family members that end up leaving wounds of abandonment, um, but all these things can kind of push us and try to lead us to fill a void in our heart that we want to find validation or maybe success somewhere else when we've faced these different disappointments with others. And so that same weekend that I found out that the Peace Corps fell through, um, I also learned that someone that I was seriously dating um, had become honest with me and that it would no longer be healthy for me to stay in that relationship. And so that was something that within three days, um, I learned to just continuously surrender my situations and my heart towards the Lord. And so within those three days, I went from plan A of moving to another country and kind of fulfilling this dream to thinking plan B, maybe I'm meant to stay in Texas and um, continue in this relationship and see where that goes. And it was basically like that weekend the rug was just swept out from under me because in that time I lost both that potential career trajectory and then also um, that relationship that I thought might pan out. And so 
that was pretty hard for me because uh, someone who is, um, I consider myself to be organized and um, ambitious in what I've set my mind to achieve. And so it shocked me that my plans didn't really go as I anticipated and um, that I really had to just continue leaning on God and trusting that he is sovereign over the situation and that he is what provides my peace, um, not my situations, not um, those around me, but really the Lord, that he is my foundation. And after that, I knew that my heart needed some serious mending, but I also did have an extreme amount of peace because I really knew that the Lord was obviously moving very clearly in my life at that time. And so I had to learn to become thankful, and I had to learn to practice gratitude even when my heart was grieving. And there was this verse in Romans that really guided me through that. So it's Romans 5, 1 through 5. So it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and our endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given who has been given to us. I love this set of verses so much because it's such a good reminder that even when we face tribulations on earth, the Lord is with us, and that no matter what we're going through, we can trust that He is with us and He will lead us, and that there's basically nothing that we go through that's in vain, as everything can produce character and endurance, and just give us kind of this steadfastness to continue in the race that the Lord has set before us. And there are different things that, that hurt us, and maybe there's um, a certain set of people that we're hoping might come to Christ, or maybe there's family members that we've been praying for for years, or maybe we face different disappointments as we've shared Christ with people, but they've yet to fully accept Him. Sometimes it feels like we're waiting for forever on a promise or on fruition of different things in our lives. Um, and I just wanted to share the verse that Jesus shares about taking heart. So in John 16, 33, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So whatever we face in our time on earth, um, we can have basically this resolve in knowing that we are backed by such a powerful God and that we don't go through this um, alone, but also that even Jesus experienced hardships on this earth. So it doesn't surprise him when we're in situations where we face um, opposition or where we encounter struggles or trials that can really be nerve-wracking at times. And just wanted to remind you that even Jesus faced disappointment with his friends while he was here. He had friends deny him. He had friends fail to do the one thing that he asked of them on an evening where he really needed them. He had friends that betrayed him. And so an example of that would be Peter denying Jesus three times and the prophecy coming true. So in Luke 22, 59 through 62, it says, And after an interval of about an hour, Still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man 
also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord and how he had said to him before, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. And I can just imagine Peter's emotions in that because he probably sensed that he really disappointed Jesus. And this is someone that thought he had such great faith that he was like, no, Jesus, that would not be me. I will not deny you. And he realizes that Jesus knew what he was talking about. And he is faced with the shock of shame, probably, and disappointment in himself. And then Jesus is also mourning that he sees a close friend say that he doesn't know him at all. Amidst everything else that Jesus is already feeling and experiencing in that time. And then the friends who lack to do the one thing he asks of them while Jesus is praying in Gethsemane. And that's in Matthew 26, 36 through 41. It says, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples, and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus, in the midst of one of his most intense evenings, is disappointed that his friends can't understand like the depths of his soul in this moment and how much he's feeling and his need to have that prayer and that, that time in prayer with the Lord. And he's grieving the fact that Peter and his other friends failed him in that regard to stay awake and keep watch and to also pray with him. And of course, there's Judas betraying him later on as well. So I believe it's important for us to be gracious to others because the Lord is so gracious with us. I think it's important to forgive. And it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who's hurt us needs to stay in our life. I definitely think that there's a place for healthy boundaries. So if you're in a situation that is unhealthy, um, I would definitely seek counsel and prayer about your situation um, as to if that person should stay in your life or if there needs to be different boundaries set. But I do believe that we are called to forgiveness eventually. And I do believe the importance of living in harmony with others. So in Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Such a good reminder these days, especially where there's so much temptation for division and uh, so much turmoil on social media and through the news, that we really need to hold on to loving one another well. And in Proverbs 10.12, the scripture says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. And super important that we take into this year, how do we love those around us well? It's not necessarily about projecting our thoughts and um, 
kind of spewing the knowledge that we have about different topics, but really it's about, at the end of the day, how can I come alongside my neighbor? How can I come alongside my coworker, my close friends that um, may be in different situations in need of help? How can I be there for them or be there for family members? And so in regard to harmony, Romans 12, 16 through 18 says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable inside of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So that means like live in harmony with everyone, if you can help it. And I also wanted to share about um, how Homer recently spoke about loving others. And in part one of the Living One series, Homer spoke about forgiveness as well as being able to love those around us well. So if you haven't listened to that, I definitely recommend that you do. Another category is disappointment of self. And so this really hits home for me because sometimes my inner critic is a little louder than what the Father's words are about me and what scripture says about my true identity. And so it's important to realize who we are called to be in Christ and who God says that we are versus who the world says that we are, even the temptation of the lies that we believe about who we are in ourselves. And I know that maybe there was a potential struggle of during COVID that we fell into old sins easier than we thought we might have. Or maybe we were shocked to find that we weren't as healed from certain past hurts as we thought we were. Or maybe we just try to white knuckle our way through the ups and downs of life. Maybe we say things like, too blessed to be stressed. Or you put we put band-aids on bullet wounds in our hearts. I know that in Romans 7, 14 through 19, Paul talks about addressing the sin in our lives and that that can really get us down sometimes. Um, sometimes when we deal with sin, we face a lot of shame or guilt. And um, there's a difference between conviction and the Holy Spirit leading us into the light and into kind of this repentant state versus holding on to guilt and shame and things that are just maybe put on us by the enemy at different times that can weigh us down and not lead to freedom. And so that verse in Romans says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do what I want, but the evil I do not want to do is what I keep on doing. And so even Paul, someone who is such an amazing person, who wrote so much of the Bible, so many different books, and definitely shared a lot of wisdom, and through that all, he was still so humble. And he's transparent in saying like, hey, I'm struggling with sin, and I don't want to keep doing this, but for some reason I'm being drawn back to this sin that I really hate. And he has this frustration that you can tell in this tone. And um, I believe that, you know, when we face sin and disappointments with ourselves, that we're not alone in that, but that through accountability and an amazing community that we can really grow through these struggles and these different areas. And so I also think it's important to uh, realize that 
maybe sometimes we think we don't have as much faith as we ought to have by now and that um, we can struggle with that. And so I think that realizing our identity in Christ is secured by what Christ has done for us on the cross and also that we are enough through him. So for me personally, during COVID, I began to really struggle with different doubts in my life and in faith. And then I would feel guilty for having those questions or struggling in that area. And I wanted to share a little bit in John verse 20, 26 through 29. Um, it's a story of Jesus's compassion towards someone who was doubting or someone who was questioning. So it says, eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed me because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me yet have believed. And so in this, although Jesus talks about believing, although we haven't seen, He's not condemning Thomas at all. He's actually drawing him in closer. And I think that's really amazing to realize that sometimes we can think that our doubt might push God further away or might make him repulsed somehow of like, how could we question something? How solid is who God is? But he actually invites us in and he likes the curiosity that we have to get to know him more. And I believe that God desires to be known by us and to know us deeper. And so during this time, during COVID, um, during the summer, I had to continuously pray and ask God to continue to increase my faith. And that's something that I still pray today. Um, I also believe it's important to keep searching. So if there are things that we're wondering about, maybe get with a close friend of yours or um, ask Homer and Lauren what they think about different topics and really dive into scripture together. Um, and don't feel like, you're alone in that either because I face that also. So in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I love thinking about faith not being something based on what I do or how much I can learn or how much um, I can just continue to consume of different reasons why Christianity is valid, but rather that I can consider the fact that if Jesus gave me the faith to begin with, that I can trust that he would continue growing it to its fruition and its completion eventually. So in conclusion, I think it's really important to process our last year and also address in our hearts um, areas where we've turned away from God to be able to protect ourselves from future hurts or areas where we've escaped our realities to find pleasure in sin or maybe areas where we need to address where we're afraid to trust him again because we're thinking, well, what if I get hurt again? Maybe we need to address um, our emotions for what they are to consider, okay, 
maybe sometimes we try to stiff them down and um, just kind of oppress what we're feeling. But I think that when we when we try to stifle our growth and true emotional healing, it ends up being more detrimental for us than had we just addressed it and learned to grow from the beginning. Sometimes there's temptation to believe that our problems aren't valid because we know there's so many other bigger problems in the world. I know that's something that I struggle with. But the fact is that we are already experiencing that hurt and that pain to some degree. The Lord already knows it and that it's something that we can take to him for future healing. So I believe that we need to continue to become a people that um, know that as long as there's still breath in our lungs, that there's still hope for us and those around us, those people that we love. We need to remember that suffering for Jesus is not in vain and that joy really does come in the morning. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, and if you're not yet a believer, I think it's amazing that you've made it this far into the message today, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join. And if you are a believer, I would just invite you to keep searching for God and his healing this year. Um, and if you're not a believer and maybe you just stumbled on this um, random message, I definitely will be praying for you and that the Lord would continue to move in your hearts as well. So to share a little bit about kind of um, a summary of what happened in my life since that senior year, I took two solid weeks to process through my world kind of getting shaken a little bit. And I was praying to God and I was pretty silly because I gave him this deadline and I said, okay, God, you have one month to show me what city you want me to be in, what job you might want me to take or what to do from here on out. And so at um, basically three days before that month was coming to a close, um, I got a phone call and an interview with the company that I'm now at. And in that interview, they offered me the job that same day. And so it's beautiful to see the Lord's leading in that. And uh, it's been a tremendous blessing to me. And I love getting to know those around me in that profession, but also the ability to be a part of the church plant um, that I'm a part of. So that last semester in college, I had thought I was going to move to another country, but I had heard about talks of that church from Anum starting another church at ETSA. And I took the position at a firm in San Antonio and so it's been such a blessing to be able to learn professionally as well as grow spiritually with people in community and in um, just the beautiful families that we have here. And it's been an amazing honor to have Lauren and Homer as my neighbors in the first apartment that I moved to in San Antonio. So the beauty of two church planners just living right next to each other was very amazing in that we were able to encourage each other and just wondering what were the chances of that um, throughout this whole city. And so I'm definitely encouraged by their faith and their love for each and every one of you. I also want to um, let you know about the 21 day fast that Grave Top is doing and um, let you know that the resources are on the website and that you're not too late to join um, if you are excited to jump into that. Um, and if you have any questions, definitely reach out to Homer 
And so just wanted to encourage you to make a conscious effort to think about God throughout your moments of the day. Um, not that it would only be abstaining from different foods or food for a certain amount of time, but really that we would take those moments to remind ourselves of God's presence in our days. Gravetop is also doing the um, 30 day challenge of reading the New Testament in 30 days. And I'm really excited for the people that are participating in that because I really do believe that God will speak powerfully through that um, and through that scripture. And also, if you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out about that as well. Uh, there's definitely no pressure to give, but at Gravetop, there are different ways that you can um, generously give to the church um, so that this church is able to reach out to other people's lives and make an impact in San Antonio and beyond to other people listening all throughout. And so you can either give at gravetop.com or Venmo or Cash App. But like I said, there's no pressure to do that. Um, really, it's just about what the Lord is putting on your heart and wanting you to know that, that that giving does make a difference in the lives of others here. And just wanted to thank you because it's been such an honor to be with you today and to be able to share some of my story with you. I hope that the Lord uh, is able to encourage you through this message. And um, I hope that you have an amazing week ahead of you. And just wanted to remind you that at Gravetop, um, there really is this fundamental belief that everyone does matter. And so I um, just really appreciate your time, and we will be praying for you. Have an awesome week. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.